Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? Great. <laughs> um, should we talk about our update? Yeah, what's happening? I have found that, well, we know that my money diaries have been like kind of up and down for a bit, but now I'm like really on track and I'm getting it done. But not to talk about that, but the cooking aspect of watching my spending has been very beneficial. Ooh. Yes, I'm very excited about it. So I've been very conscious of my spending because I'm saving for a big trip in July. And so I've been like really watching how I spend and planning ahead for if I'm going out with to dinner or what I need to buy for stuff and things. So I've been cooking at home more because as we know, like the amount that I spend on like six meals at the grocery store would buy like one dinner out. Right. Usually that's the breakdown. So I've been cooking at home more and I go to the grocery store, I get like two weeks worth of stuff. I'm doing like crock pot stuff and soups and like getting a little bit mm. adventurous in some ways, but it's really helped. It's helped on both ends. It's helped my spending habits, but it's also like gotten me in the kitchen. And I, this makes everybody sad when I say this out loud, but I cooked meat for like the first time on my own. <laughs> what do you mean Meat. Chicken. <laughs> well, I know that. That yeah. happened like what with your sun basket? But like a that few was ago. that was it said like <gasps> this many minutes this side, this many minutes this side, and this was totally solo. Oh my god! I know. How'd it, go? it went really well. It didn't kill me, obviously. <laughs> We're still here. I'm still here, and it was for a white chicken chili, which is my favorite food ever, besides like mac and cheese. But I love white chicken chili. It's what I asked for every year on my birthday in the middle of summer. Because I love it so much, and (laughs) and I made it, and it, and I made it correctly, and it tasted really, really good. I had it for dinner like five nights in a row. It was, it was really good, and I made the chicken all by myself. Didn't come pre-shredded. I didn't get like a rotisserie and just like peel it off the bone. I had chicken breasts that I cooked then, and then put in the pot, and then shredded myself and put them back in the pot. It was great. I am so proud of you because that is. That's hard. That's a big deal for me. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know about this chicken. <laughs> well, because, you know, I'm... <laughs> is it I'm, cooked? <laughs> yeah, I'm iffy about, like, a little pink. People are like, a little pink is okay. I'm like, eh. Not, not, in, not in chicken. Not for a chicken. Like, I'll that do... That needs to be cooked to temperature. Yes. And so... 165 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. Somebody wanted to buy me a meat thermometer because I expressed that I, ha- I don't cook meat because I'm scared of it. It's actually um, a really good investment. That's what they said. And the one that she sent me, it was digital. And then it told me, like, and it would tell you specifically what meat at what temperature. So it wasn't just the temperature. It was like, you're good on chicken now. Or you're good on beef. Yeah. Like, this is where it should be. So I might invest in that. But it's been really nice to challenge myself with my cooking as a result of watching my spending habits. So it's like... Two for the price of one. Killed two birds with one stone. It's been kind of nice. That is, that's spectacular. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i excited to hear that. And also, like, slightly jealous of your, uh, like, growing kitchen skills. It's happening. Because it's so exciting to be in that, like, new and exciting stage of, like, I've mastered this thing. When you're learning and doing. And, and you send me things that you, I haven't even tried like you made focaccia the other day and, and i was it's like very easy it's like i've never made that since shown me up it's surprisingly <laughs> easy i think and i also made it f- a far too large a, a slab of focaccia but that t- to me does not sound like a bad thing i ate like probably a quarter of it the day it came out of the oven like nice. as soon as it came out i was ready to hot go. and fresh so good so good but it has been fun and and a good challenge and it gives me something it's like when i was talking about the afar media mm-hmm. um newsletter it just gives me something besides news and like pop culture to focus on and do and get excited about and so that's been like a good place for me to throw some of my energy grow in your hobbies list <gasps> Don't say it or I'll get scared and screw it all up. <laughs> uh, what's going on with you, Bron? So over the weekend, I got hit with some kind of 24, 48-hour bug. That, no. That really didn't – it wasn't the flu. Okay. But it was something that made me feel flu-like. Huh. It was flu How do you know it wasn't the flu? Because I didn't have a full-blown fever. Oh, and, and that's I a, wasn't, that's and a I, tell. 
I was only like sort of tired. I wasn't like I can't move lethargic. Okay. One when you have I had the flu at this point, it was probably like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And who you do not forget what that experience was like. <laughs> it is so bad. I don't think I've ever had the flu. Oh my god. It's the worst thing to ever happen to you. You think you're dying. Really? Yeah. I think that happened to Doug one year, and we didn't really take it as seriously as we should have. <laughs> he was in really bad but you, shape. When it's, when it's the flu, it's a virus, so you just got to, like, let it run its course. Yeah, and I was watching him, and I was like, he doesn't look good, but, like, he says that he's okay, so. Yeah. Actually, he just wasn't saying much at all. We just kind of let that one ride. Yeah, you're, like, fully, <laughs> you sleep for, like, 15 hours. Wow. And then, like barely can eat a piece of toast so i was not on this level okay i was just on a i'm i'm not okay you know in a sense that was like it was the first half of the day i like started and had the plans to like go grocery shopping and do work on some queen speaking stuff and was like my first full saturday off and <laughs> what feels like forever and it was, Your body was, was like i know <laughs> i was so excited and so product ready to be productive um but i started to feel like ah, i can't focus <laughs> and so instead of uh resisting it i just succumbed to it and was like you know what I, i'm gonna hit the couch and I chilled for the rest of the weekend. Nice. I didn't push through it. I laid in bed, read magazines, caught up on TV, and just focused on hydrating. But I think the acknowledgement of, like, sometimes your body gives you a little halt. Yep. And you got to lean into it when that happens. And I'm just grateful that it wasn't, like, the full-blown flu situation because that would have been brutal. Not good. And so I was just like, I'm going to try and feel better. I'm glad that you did that. Because that's hard sometimes. Yeah. Especially if it's flu light and you're like, is this really a thing I should be paying attention to? I feel a little bad, but not super bad. Yeah, because I was like, I don't feel bad enough to justify not showering today. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens. (laughs) Sometimes the shower makes you feel so much better, though, Mm -hmm. especially if you're like hungover or anything. Jumping in the shower, you're like, oh, I'm a person again. Yeah. But sometimes when you're that sick, nothing helps you. So hitting the couch or getting in bed is just the right way to go. Yeah, sometimes we need it. So my the moral of the story is if your body doesn't feel good, stop trying to fight it. Walk away. Yeah. It's time. Call, like, call in a half day. Call in, You have those sick days for a reason. So true. And so few of us take them when we need them. Yeah. So... I think that's good that you, it unfortunately, was a weekend, so you couldn't yeah. really take advantage of the sick days. But that's okay. They'll, they'll have their time. <laughs> I'm <Next>. sure. <laughs> the next time it'll hit at the worst possible time. Because <laughs> that's just how it works. So, um, What's inspiring you this week, Brom? I read an article from First Round. Love First Round. You know, thanks to you for that recommendation. Mm-hmm. It was called How to Make Connections That Count, Advice from a Silicon Valley Veteran, parentheses, and introvert. Nice. Personal clip. Were you kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, tell me more. Um, but what I liked about the article is that they talked about how us introverts can embrace our strengths like observ- observation to asking good questions. How can we listen more, listen better, mm-hmm. um, and just utilize some of those skills to make people feel comfortable. Um, But what I also liked is that she talked about um, the person referenced in the article was Karen Wickery. And she talked a lot about how um, there are a lot of ways to stay in touch with people that don't necessarily involve you constantly being out on coffee meetings Mm. slash happy hours or attending networking events on the regular. That's nice. And I personally find find that helpful because sometimes it isn't necessarily a thing that's like you're like I want to stay in touch with you but it doesn't justify uh like hours long sesh right um but just having a better sense of you know how can you keep these relationships going and 
build up to the point or maybe even people that you aren't necessarily connected to on the day-to-day maybe people in your industry Mm -hmm. um, that you want to establish relationships or continue relationships with that you no longer are like in the the proximity of yeah but she says to find ways to give back to people in a way that makes sense for you Hmm. Um, she calls it loose touch so keeping a running list of people that you want to chat with and plan a few minutes in the morning or at the end of the day to shoot an email or a note to someone, um, physical note, right. I mean, um, to someone on that list. And it could be something as easy as sending like, hey, this article made me think of you. What's your take? How are things? I like that because it's not just, it doesn't, it's not like a dead zone after like this made me think of you. Hope you're well by, but it opens the door for a conversation it opens mm-hmm. the door for some back and forth that allows that connection to really like be solidified even if it's not in person or anything like that i really like that what's your take question yeah because it's nice to be able to get the insight of the people that you respect especially in your industry that you don't necessarily like feel like you need to do a whole yeah get together with and a good motivator to have a running list of important people in your networks emails the rolodex is coming back coming back (laughs) loves me a rolodex (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i'm gonna get you a real one i think that that would be super retro and cool can you imagine i mean i feel like desk stuff is coming back into play pretty aggressively these days especially as people like do home offices and really want to make them personal mm-hmm. deskware is like a huge industry right now someone so get on it seriously like a nice like minimalist rolodex i can see that being a thing <laughs> you like the physical stuff too like I to do. be able to yes. scour through write people's information down yes, versus like birthdays mm-hmm. and like special little things about <laughs> special memories <laughs> their kids birthdays all, all that stuff that's great yeah we're gonna do a qs line of rolodexes (laughs) stay tuned products (laughs) soup's excited what's inspiring you last week or yeah a couple weeks ago in a girls night in newsletter so this is one of the newsletters that we've talked about before that is a friday morning actually they just had a really exciting piece of news go out that alicia ramos who founded and runs girls night girls night in just got um i think series a funding to expand i saw that super exciting for her and her whole team Um, But they have started doing interviews every so often with folks within the newsletter that then like shoot over to their blog. And one of the recent ones was with Ashley C. Ford. And so Ashley is a writer and um, she now does videos, but she's just a really good interviewer. And I didn't realize that some of my favorite, and I, you know, I'm a big magazine, like article, online article, like just, I just devour them. Some of my favorite pieces are interviews that she's done with people like Serena Williams oh. and like powerhouse ladies. Um, and she goes from everything from like, you know, your regular person who's doing something cool to like mega celebs. And I think the way that she does interviews is the reason that I used to like cut out interviews and save them in like page protectors when I was in college because it was just, they were so thoughtful and they were so well researched by her and then the questions that she had for them were based in the extra digging that she did to get to know them via what was out there in the world Mm -hmm. and then pose the questions through that space and I think that that's something that isn't necessarily lost but I think her writing style is really thoughtful and engaging um I think she sometimes surprises people with the thoughtfulness of her work um And the interview with her, actually, like, so tables were flipped a little bit for this one where she was being interviewed. um, And it went into some detail on how she does that and, like, where that comes from in her. But also a lot of her background and where she came from and what her life has been like and how she's gotten to this point. And I just really like reading interviews to get to know the person on the page. And so to get to know through an interview, someone that I think does fabulous interviews was kind of very... It's like a little BTS Yes, and it was super cool. And I just, um, I felt really full after reading it. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a great, I think her the woman's name who did the interview, her name's like Tyler Calder, I think. I went online and found her too. Um, she did a great job. 
But it also, like, the content of the piece was just really inspiring and gives you something to shoot for if you are looking to, like, do work like this or have more thoughtfulness brought to the work that you do. She gives great insight on how to do that better. And it was just awesome. I love that. Yeah. I'll have to give that a read. I don't know how I missed that one. It was it was at least a couple weeks ago. And I think their blog, like, the interview stuff is kind of toward the bottom, too. There was one that I accidentally deleted and didn't realize until, like, weeks later. That might so be it. Might have been that one. Could have been. Sorry. Well, we're sharing Ashley. it. <laughs> we will share it on our show notes so you can find it there. Magical. Yeah. All right, said, so give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? Okay. This has been one that I feel like is kind of a long time coming for us, and we feel like we're in a place to talk about it we're now. Ready. <laughs> we're, we're ready. We're ready to super let it be ready. Because <laughs> I feel like it needed it needed like some thoughtful work on our part, and so I'm excited to get into this today. Angela Duckworth is a, a researcher. I probably should know more about her personally, but she did a TED Talk in 2013 called Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. And then in 2016, there was a book by the same name that followed, and it provided this in-depth research and how we can tap into this thing called grit. And I think for me, this was the first time I had really heard about grit in a way that felt like digestible to me. Mm, mm-hmm. It was a word that you hear, but you don't know like how to apply it to your life or even if it applies to your life in any way. And this was a way where we could think about it in like the work environment and see, okay, what is this grit thing? Do I have it? If I don't have it, how do I get it? Is it important? Why is it important? Does it apply to me? <laughs> is it a thing that I need more of? Um, and so we're going to be talking about grit today, but we're also going to be talking about the grit versus I quit. And that's a fun rhyme that <laughs> you came up with, <laughs> but it's, it's a real thing because these days where for a while there, we were talking about, okay, you gotta be gritty. You gotta like dig in and like find the way to get it done. But more and more now we're talking about, okay, but when do you actually walk away from something? Like, when are you putting more effort into something than it's worth? And it started a really interesting conversation for us. And so we wanted to kind of bring this to the table in this grit versus I quit episode. And so we're going to be talking about what grit is, when to recognize, like when you should use it and when you should dig into it and, and use all that grittiness that you might have on you. Um, and when to step back and say, maybe, maybe it's time to walk away and how you kind of manage those emotions within yourself. And so that's what we're talking about today. I'm excited to, uh, jump into it. Same Z's. Are we ready to speak it, Queens? Let's do it. Yeah. What does grit even mean, Sid? <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, an individual's perseverance of effort combined with passion for the pursuit of whatever X thing is. Mm-hmm. So my experience, I listened to a couple podcasts on this topic, including one from Freakonomics, which is a great listen. We'll link to it in show notes. Mm-hmm. But they give a lot of examples from the perspective of athletes and musicians because I think it's obviously relevant from their end of like the 10,000 hours, like until you're not going to become like an RPO. Uh, That's our local uh, (laughs) (laughs) orchestra. (laughs) Relevant. (laughs) But uh, in order for you to make it to the Olympics or become a successful Juilliard attending musician, you're going to need to put some serious effort into this. But I think figuring out how to apply it to our our regular lives of like what does this look like in my day to day right um i think it's a an interesting challenge to think about it from career success standpoint um because i think you make it in the world by challenging yourself and living outside your comfort zone um and i personally think like when it gets easy we get a little bored mm-hmm. um and so thinking about it like in that sense, that can be the place where you want to say farewell to a thing that you that might not be fulfilling you. But is that really the thing that's holding you back from like pursuing something or like getting yourself out of a professional rut or like what's this vision that I have of the things that I'm working toward? 
Um, and from Angela Duckworth, who you referenced before, her TED Talk, she said, grit is sticking with your future day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years, and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's such a lovely sentiment, but also it feels like a thing that I put on my wall. And, and you're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking at it and you're like, that sounds great, but what do I do with that? How do I do that? <laughs> what does that mean for me? And the book is, uh, so the book is good. I have gotten <laughs> pretty far into the book and I've enjoyed it. This is Andrew Duck- Duckworth's book and I think it's a a good read and it does reference so much of what you talked about from the Freakonomics standpoint about when it comes to practice Mm -hmm. and how a lot of people who have grit and so she basically did a ton of research with some other people talked to some different people um, and really did like the science backing of what grit means and what it is for the people around us and so much of it is that willingness to keep going and the willingness to continue to challenge yourself. So in the research, especially with athletes and musicians, it is not just the people that worked to get to the same point every time, but it was to how do they push beyond that point? And continue to exceed expectations. Exactly, exactly. And so instead of playing the same piece, because you know it by heart, and it comes it comes to you and you still do it perfectly you are then taking it to the next level and saying, okay, what's a harder piece or what will make me better than I am right now? And it's continuing to think at that level, which sounds exhausting, truly. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. <laughs> and it's it's interesting to think about. And I think part of the reason I put this book down for a little bit is because I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I was literally like, I'm, I'm like, not a I pretty person. Grit. I am this person. What new challenge can I take on? <laughs> I got Meanwhile, me. you're like, I, I'm not ready for it. It was hard to even read it at certain points because I think I felt so personal about it. Because we, we all want to think we're the best versions of ourselves sure. at like our top of our game, right? So when you read something that so clearly speaks to you, like, hey, maybe you're not there yet. And and they do talk about how grit can be a learned behavior. Sometimes mm-hmm. people think it's something you're born with. And I do think to some degree, perseverance is something that you're born with. But I do think when you find the right place for that, you can develop qualities that help contribute to grit and mm-hmm. help contribute to perseverance. And so a Forbes article that I found goes into a little bit more detail around like the five characteristics of grit, which I thought was another piece that like dives a little bit deeper into how we identify this, which is fun. And they do um, reference Angela Duckworth in this article and what they learned from the book and from the TED talk and then how they kind of interpreted that to come up with these five characteristics because of that information. And so basically the five are courage, conscientiousness, um, like achievement-oriented versus dependable, long-term goals and endurance, aka follow-through, resilience, and that kind of breaks down for this article to optimism, confidence, and creativity, and then excellence versus perfection. Super exciting stuff. We're going to share the article, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I thought that there were a couple that kind of stood out for the reasoning behind them. And the first one is resilience. Um, and then that broken down to optimism, confidence, and creativity. And what they say in the article... That, like, trio is a powerhouse of, like, heck yes. Exactly. And it's that belief that someone can find meaningful purpose in life, the belief that one can influence one's surroundings and outcome of events... And the belief that positive and negative experiences will lead to learning and growth. And those, like you said, those three things together create like this crazy power triangle (laughs) that you're like, and and I think that we think of resilience in a certain way, but then when you put those three words with it, you're like, hey, I have those qualities. Maybe I do have resilience. Or like reframing your experience within that scope. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because sometimes resilience to me is like a little bit more of like the like get your knees in the dirt and like keep digging. Right. Right. Versus like 
how can I look at this with fresh perspective and a new creative mindset yes around my beautiful future and sometimes resilient and know that i can and exactly and have the confidence that you know you can move forward but I, and i i agree with you i think sometimes we reserve resilience for people who have been through really really hard things yeah for people that have overcome the most impossible of life life paths and i think that's still true and that still applies to resilience but i think you're right when we can flip that perspective and how we think of it in terms of these three power words it does make it something that we feel closer to than maybe we would if it was just resilience on its own so i thought that was a great call out the other one is excellence versus perfection (laughs) see you looking at me (laughs) i don't know what you mean by that um (laughs) Excellence is to seek fulfillment and and purpose versus perfection, which is usually someone else's version of greatness. That right there was like, hold me back. (laughs) What did I just read? Because it's true. And I think excellence is something that we have control over and Mm -hmm. excellence is something that we strive for. And in terms of grit, that is, you know, when it comes again to like your standard musician, athlete, or, or your musical ath- athletic person, you can be all of these things. Excellence is set by them and they are seeking out what that means. But if you're looking at someone else's version of perfection, then you'll continue to strive for something that doesn't mean something to you. Right. And I think that breakdown was really encouraging. And another way to think of yourself, like if you don't think you have grit, and you just stop there, I think this list of five things and the explanations behind them help you see that there's more to it than just that word and just the definition of that word. So I thought that was an important thing to include in this conversation because I think that, again, it can be a learned behavior. And having more background to what the combination of perseverance and passion actually means Mm -hmm. because... To some people, that definition is like, eh. Yeah. Or like, what? (laughs) Passion. What's that? (laughs) Which is true. And that feels like a lot of pressure, too. Again, it's like resilience. It's this big word that you feel like you could, you might not feel like applies to you because it feels like it's reserved for someone different that's working towards something different that has these big dreams and big goals. And those things can be true, but it can also be true for the person and what kind of our focus is for today's conversation around the work environment Mm -hmm. and applying those what feel like out of body and out of like out of this world things to the things that are happening around us and how we use these types of descriptors in our own everyday work and personal lives and not just like the biggest, greatest dream that we have. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah, and I think this leads really well into our, like, pathway to wanting to make the distinction between, like, is this a job industry issue where, like, I'm not in the right place that I want to be in, or more so, like, my manager or my boss is causing a conflict, or, like, is this something, like, how do I shape this into the, the big picture for my future, and where does this all fit into it, and, like... Do I need to enlist some grit versus the see you later, I quit (laughs) route? Um, But I think we all have our bad days where we wake up and we're like, I don't know if this is it for me. Like, am I on the right path toward greatness in my career? Or is this the direction I even want to go in? Maybe I should just become a nurse. Mm -hmm. You could totally pivot careers. I'm talking about that from like, I'm in marketing. Maybe I should become a nurse. I don't know. Because those feel, yeah, those feel like different ends. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes you wake up and feel that way. Like, did I make the right choice? Mm -hmm. But um, I've been told in the past that it only makes sense to start really looking for something new if you wake up every day consistently for like two, three, four weeks where you're feeling that icky feeling and knowing that you've tried at all costs. This is the important part to make adjustments or improvements in the way that you have shaped or framed the experience that you're in. And I think the grit piece of this is where you're taking your taking that perspective of asking yourself, is this job a stepping stone for me? Am I a, 
being able to apply skills that I need or like learning skills that I will need um, that may actually like help you in your new role or in a future new role? Um, or can you achieve those skills somewhere else? Like, are there even opportunities for you to get what you want where you are? Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe can you find opportunities in your current role to develop certain things that you're like itching to figure out? Because I think sometimes I found this in my own personal experience of like feeling like I know all these things. These are all easy. Or like you get to a point where you're like, I've mastered my job. Like that feels like the ultimate success. But then at a certain point you're like, I've hit a plateau and like, I don't know where to go next. And sometimes you have blinders on that don't allow you to see like, oh, I could sign up for this cool opportunity that gives me a chance to like participate on a committee or like do a side project or just asking different questions of your manager or your team to kind of provide the skill set that you want to hone. Right, exactly. And I think thinking about that in a way can help you see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes taking a look outside your scope or your realm is important too. Look at some job descriptions, maybe even just interview at a couple places just to just just see. Light the fire a little bit. See Why what not? happens. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is really helpful to just get an outside perspective. Maybe even it's something as simple as just having a couple coffee meetings with people in your industry because having an idea of like it's like the grass is always greener exactly perspective of like is it really that bad or maybe i can just reshape like what are the perks that i do currently have that allow me to figure out some opportunities like i think about things like job flexibility or maybe you've got a baller 401k match that you want to like maximize off of as you're trying to save for um you know future new hot rod (laughs) that's not really speaking to our audience right now (laughs) (laughs) vacation i don't know fabulous vacation lake house in the future perfect those are good (laughs) um or maybe there's budget available for you for career development and you haven't explored that yet Mm -hmm. so like what are the things that you could do to pursue those things um or even you know in your case graduate program yeah take advantage of those perks man um so then thinking just in general about how you can start to conquer challenges in your current role instead of avoiding them uh, one of the things that i was reading about in doing some research for this was the difference between avoidance-based quitting and morals-based quitting Ooh. And that's like that's an, very interesting. An important distinction to make where the avoidance piece is very much like aligned in you being like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. So I'm piecing out and leaving you all to burn. <laughs> <laughs> very dramatic. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> and then the morals base is like, this no longer fulfills me in like it truly affects my me from like a moral standpoint or a value standpoint yeah. or the relationship conflicts no longer align with the the things that are personally important to you mm-hmm. and if that's the case that's like a that's something that goes deeper right and, and isn't just like a i don't want to figure out how to figure this out it's like i've done everything i can to make this work and i have to go and you know in your gut that it feels like it's time based on those values yeah and i i totally agree with all of that and i think sometimes when we focus in on where we're not happy it's just it is like a disease that can just keep going i mean it's it's really easy to have that first focal point be a negative and then have other things start to glom onto that and be like oh well this is all just so bad but changing our perspective to see what the current situation can offer us and it helps us kind of detach a little bit and focus on how to better ourselves within that current situation instead of focusing on everything outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. and that detachment I think I've been learning a lot about that word and what it really means and how it can kind of um, show up in different ways and that detachment isn't necessarily an unhealthy thing it just helps us stop letting other things influence our decisions to the point where we don't know if we're making the decision or if someone else is making the decision for us. And so that detachment helps you refocus and like throw a mirror up and be like, what do you want? Help me out here. Mm -hmm. Um, And helps kind of refocus that energy a bit. 
So true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to go back to that piece, too, about if you do have a bad manager or team member that's, like, actually posing a challenge for you on a daily basis, um, that's something that can cause a lot of stress and frustration and is really challenging when you're in that that space. And Mm -hmm. that can be an appropriate time where you're like, have I navigated this in as many ways that I can to say, like, I've I've got to quit right? because I can't change this. right? And I think it can be a slippery slope when you start taking on the responsibilities of other people. So, like, maybe that shift of, like, I'm so frustrated because Karen never does this right. It's like, you can't control Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so reminding yourself that you can't control other people's actions or behaviors, only your own. So what are the things that you can focus on and build upon in a way that helps you kind of take yourself outside of like the complaining standpoint right right um, and of like take an action nothing's going my way of like okay you keep talking about the problem what's the solution right i remember somebody told me that she never wanted to hear from from people about their problems i mean sometimes that's okay but if you're going to come with a problem, come with at least a, an idea of a solution to that problem, because that is what makes for a productive, not just conversation, but like an outlet for that right. as well. And figure out what that next step might look like in addition to that. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I think that we wanted to talk about this is especially that those two pieces of the, is it the industry or job, or is it the manager or boss kind of conversation is because that helps identify what direction to take next. And so I think about if you still like the bones of your job, I mean, at its core, do you like the work that you're doing? Not just, is it not challenging anymore or something like that, but like the reason you started, do you Mm -hmm. still like what you are measured on do you still get excited to do pieces of it and things like that like what your actual job is and it helps identify where the problem might be that's causing you to start considering a new opportunity because if you start at the bones and you consider like why you took the job in the first place if it was a um, I like this work type of situation what was added on there that is starting to make you really question why Mm -hmm. you're taking those steps outside of that to either look for new jobs or you're complaining a lot or you're not challenged, like start to identify those things. And if it's the people, be honest with yourself about like how much of an impact that's having on your work overall and how like if going to a new environment but still doing the same work might help you find the love for the work again. Mm -hmm. Like again, really starting to define what has happened over the course of time that you've gone from like being excited about a thing to not being excited about an, at all about a thing. Um, so maybe the same industry is the route that you want to take um, just in a, in a different environment. And I think you'll know if it's the job or industry, if you start paying attention to your daydreams, I think about this all the time too. <sighs> Because it's one of those things, I mean, we, lo- we love our podcast. And, you know, you think about like, oh my gosh, when Oprah talks to us about our podcast, that's going to be the best thing ever. Um, and I think if you start really thinking about where your head is going during the day, you'll know that maybe you're not in it anymore for the job or the industry that you're a part of. If you're in a totally different place and you're doing something you've never done before and you're starting to be like, maybe that's the direction I kind of want to go in. People change careers so much more often these days, and we shouldn't beat ourselves up because we're thinking like, hey, maybe where I found love in the beginning with this kind of work, maybe elements of it, I want to go to another industry that has similar elements to it, but I'm really excited about a totally different opportunity. Give yourself space to think that way um, and, and don't bring shame into the picture because I think sometimes it feels like we're failing if we don't want to stay in the same job but it doesn't necessarily mean you're failing it probably doesn't mean you're failing you're just excited about something different and we need to give ourselves space to feel that excitement and it needs to be okay Um, so that's kind of like that for me that's where the difference between the industry job and the manager boss conversation comes into play it's true all very relevant things and like and being able to answer those questions is hard 
and we talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. all of this is it's hard work. And so you won't end up on the right path anyway unless you really take the time to assess these things. Right. So how do we prepare <laughs> to decide <laughs> if we're calling it quits or giving it some grit? Wrap we're it game all show up. hosts. <laughs> <laughs> we have one of those fun microphones from like the old timey days. That would be so fun <laughs> to make this a game show. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we do that, Brom? <laughs> Quitting is easy. Staying is hard. Uh, easy as that. <laughs> that's it. Um, I think that it's really about understanding why you want to quit something versus like, eh, well, we'll see. Or yeah. like, I'll stick this out. What? Why and what? is the actual situation. And just because you don't like your job doesn't mean that there's actually something better out there. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were once fulfilled, like you were saying, if you felt happy in your career in the past, like what what happened? Why did that disappear? Um, Sometimes the things that can come up, it's, you know, maybe a bureaucracy thing, a red tape and, uh, you know, programs that you're trying to promote or get funding for, and that can frustrate you. The reality is that exists everywhere. So it's more about how do I navigate the issues or the problems or the situations that I find myself in? Like we said before, instead of complaining, figuring out how to, what's the actual problem and defining it in a way that makes sense for us. I think in a lot of ways, grit is about digging deeper Mm -hmm. um, and finding more about the reasons surrounding this. I don't like this anymore (laughs) (laughs) which is like i feel like sometimes that's the default for something so that's else that's going on yeah and again like you said it's easy to just kind of lean on that that phrase and just have that be your narrative going forward i think if it's a bad manager or someone who's running you to the ground that's obviously one thing and that's where it's kind of like is this a morals based quit Right. where this situation is actually killing my soul. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> Go forth with the quitting. Um, but if not, um, if it's something that's internal and you've just lost motivation, um, this is where you have the opportunity to ask yourself some tough questions to figure out, you know, what is it that you can do next or how do I rekindle this internal fire of excitement about my career, my industry, or like just in general – the vision that you've planned for yourself. And so I think this is where writing out your frustrations can be really helpful and like going deep, not just yeah. like I'm frustrated because Karen always does the project wrong. <laughs> Gosh dang it, Karen. <laughs> Why do you feel that way? When did it start? Give some breath to it and like fill out the scope and get into the details that actually help you figure out what the real problem is. Yeah. Because the problem might not actually be Karen. It might be that you don't have a sense of what the responsibilities are for your teammates. And that's something that you can go to your manager, the team lead on and be like, hey, I have a question. And then they give you the answer and all of your problems are solved. Oh my God, I like this again. How'd that happen? (laughs) (laughs) And I know we talked about identities in a recent episode um, outside, like, you know, finding fulfillments outside of work. Um, maybe it's something too that you're stifling pieces of yourself um, that once had space to breathe. Um, so finding joy in the things that you do outside of work might mm-hmm. actually help you at least give you some space to maybe figure out what the real problem is from a work standpoint. I mean, truly, people might just be really burned out. I mean, yeah. I think that's a thing that we don't, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but do we really consider? That, there was that great article that went out about millennial burnout and it went real deep into like all of the reasons millennials apparently are just at that's like their their holding pattern. That's, yeah, that's just like <laughs> status one. Yeah, that's just where they operate <laughs> from. And that's a real thing to consider. And I didn't until this moment when it comes to like the grit versus I quit. Like maybe you just need a break. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just need to walk away. And being able to ask for that or identify that. Because sometimes you're, you're, we've talked about this before, you're like on the train and you don't know how to get off. Mm-hmm. And so taking a step back and giving yourself a breather. Yeah. And paying attention. And that goes to like, 
if that's what it is, the grit is, okay, I need to take some time off and I need to know like that that's a thing I need to ask for. Mm -hmm. The I quit is if someone says, well, that's just not an option for you. Right. And you've identified what it is and you're like, all right, well, maybe this isn't the place for me. And that kind of makes it an A or a B column. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily always that easy, but at least that's a beginning point. But you know. They say the pros and cons list are great and helpful. They, so. that's what they, it worked for Miranda. <laughs> it did. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Um, but if you shape your mindset around your current role being part of that bigger strategy, what does that give you? Mm-hmm. Leave the day-to-day at the office and keep in mind the big picture plan that you've developed for yourself. This is where vision and like workshopping, vision boarding, all of that stuff can be really fun for you to like figure out how, what you're doing, or maybe even just like, is there a lateral move that you can make that will give you more opportunity to hit at like five-year goal Mm -hmm. or one-year goal, tomorrow goal? (laughs) It can be any time frame that makes you feel good. (laughs) Future as Oprah. Yes. Early retirement. So excited. (laughs) Just kidding. That won't be my life. But that's okay. (laughs) Um, We really need to take away. We we talked about this just like two minutes ago, but I really think it deserves another hit. We're taking away the shame of realizing when something isn't working anymore and thinking of quit as a dirty word. Because I think, again, that has an attribute to failure, even if it's not. And if we're transitioning to thinking of it as like moving on or a growth opportunity, it takes some of that negativity away. And so if, if preparing to quit feels heavy because you're like, I don't, I don't want to quit. Like, I feel like I can really give this more, but you've done the consideration. You've done all of the like bullet points that you've talked about. And it's still shaking out to be like, maybe it's a walk away. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to walk away. Then identifying why why you're walking away. Like, what is the growth opportunity that can come from, from quitting? What is the uh, move on point? When did that happen? And start to give, again, yourself some space to feel that as the positive opportunity that could it could be versus like the negative failure that you that someone or this world we live in is making you feel like you couldn't stick it out you failed you have to quit now you can walk away it's that feels bad that's never going to make someone feel good so really thinking about who our support team is in Mm -hmm. in this process and who we lean on and who we talk to and making sure those aren't people that don't see all of the things that are happening around you that's gotten you to this point. You want to be talking to someone that can be like an actual um, positive and not like masking of the things that might be reality, but a positive sounding board that will be real with you as well. I think sometimes too, having that, those real conversations with your friends, like this has happened with us and, you know, a couple people that I'm close with where just like, the frankness of being excited and talking about futures and then the other person being like, I've never seen that side of you or like that side of you hasn't been around for a while. And then like the emotional hit that that right gets you where you're like, what does this what does this mean? I didn't realize I was stifling something that I thought was always there. And how do you like resurge that in a way? Exactly. Exactly. I think sometimes part of the reason we don't want to walk away is because we don't want to let the people around us down. Mm-hmm. So we might really care about the people that we work with. We might have great relationships with them. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to serve your best interest. And so when it comes to that like grit or quit conversation, it shouldn't involve other people to the extent of where that like disappointment might come into play. And I think sometimes... I think sometimes that's a reason why people stay is because they love the people that they work with and they feel very connected to those people, but the, but the work isn't serving them anymore. Um, but you stay like past your expiration date for, for those reasons. And we need to walk away from, and I, it, I'm not saying like walk away and leave everybody in a pinch, like, like drop the mic and walk out of there. But don't let the fear of disappointing someone be the reason you stay in a situation mm-hmm. that might not be right for you anymore. And 
find people to have those candid conversations with. And that's kind of like the last point. And again, touching on this just moments ago about the support system that you have. We all need a sense of community and belonging to to fully like enrich our lives. I think that science mm-hmm. <laughs> science has told not, told us that 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 community supports us and loneliness like actually kills us. So finding people who can help support you in whatever choice you make, if you've chosen like the grit driven path, you're going to need support. You're going to need help in finding those different angles to reignite the flame of the work that you're doing again. And whether that be like your work bestie that's like helping you through this difficult time and helping you flip that perspective or finding someone that you want to meet in the morning for coffee with and say like, I'm really like not feeling it today. Like, how are you feeling and finding that connection point? I think having the people in your life that know what you're going through and know that like you've decided to dig in and find a way to get excited about your work again, give them the heads up and they will be there to support you because you've been there to support them, I imagine. Um, And that only kind of creates that ongoing really positive relationship with whoever you've chosen to like get in your circle Mm -hmm. whether you choose the quit or the grit path but either way you're going to need support so find find your people and let them in yeah especially with this kind of conversation that can be a lot of like digging deep and understanding what you need and all of those like super fun when you get there moments but it's an emotional journey in the moment (laughs) exactly so find your people they will help if you build it they will come (laughs) yes (laughs) so true so that's what we've got for you all today i think uh it's an interesting path that we're uh we're on this journey together and we'll see what comes from it but i think just having your point about talking about the support piece and continuing on with that it's a beautiful thing we're belonging let's do this guys we got it queens all folks shall we break Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening this week. You can follow us on Instagram at queen underscore speaking to continue the conversation. And you can find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See See you next week. week!